welcome back to another episode of the Basketball Podcast here on this Friday night, the last day of June, to update you guys with everything that has happened. And since we last talked, it's been a couple weeks, there's a lot to get to. We'll try to dissect it all in a shorter amount of time. Some recent news, obviously a new commit we'll dive into here shortly, and just a lot of other things. Excited to have this episode. What's going on? I'm Nick Malandro, I'm a no alert, and no, again, it's been crazy because we just said football, people are aware. And, you know, like I said, it's been a couple of weeks for basketball, but here we are wanting to get out to everybody because the news that came out was one that we were been waiting on. We, we knew even probably a week ago what we were in, but we wanted more info on it. And that we did just the other day. Uh, no, this is what we've been waiting on. Like I said, it kicks off our season and it's exciting. And uh, this, you know, because we see other teams doing what doing this and getting in certain tournaments and ours is official. Let's talk about what's going on. Yeah, obviously uh, it's been – Once June got here, we knew things were going to get rolling with this team and now getting the roster complete. um, Obviously seeing here, here and now that the, the, the team posts videos and pictures, getting the work, um, getting to hear short little videos, uh, Brian getting asked questions, little interviews from that. So um, great that things are in full swings and the team's getting to work and glad to see that. Exactly. Yeah, they've been posting a lot. Brian had another interview today. It's been just a little bit since then. They did post another picture yesterday. A lot of summer access that they've been doing. Actually, we just found this out before we came on here. We'll start off with just the meet and greet that we know they do every single season. It's been pushed back. In previous years, it's happened in June, but now that is happening July 12th. On that, on it's always on a Wednesday night. July 12th, the meet and greet and the half court shot and everything they usually do with the kind of open house kind of thing. So that's exciting. Everybody should try to make that to see the new players. No, let's dive into this MTE though. Yes. Cancun challenge, November 21st, November 22nd. Uh, no, you can, whenever I get it back over to you, we know that we've, you know, or last year in this challenge, there were a lot of, a lot of big names and we'll dive into the teams that are in this with us. It's not the sexiest. It's not the biggest of names. You know, some of these teams have been kind of consistent in their own right and at the mid-major level. There's one specific team that has been going through a lot of stuff that it's funny that they would even be in here. But, no, like I said, November 21st, and it is in Cancun, like we've said. It's central time, uh, everything like that. So we're actually able to stay up for this tournament. Unlike last year, we had to wait till midnight to watch us. Reasonable and really good times for this one. Oh, the Cancun Challenge kicks off our season, but that is before we head to Mexico, we found out it's kind of like last year. We host a team in this tournament right before. Yeah, it's uh, it's yet to be officially confirmed, but uh, thanks to Rocco Miller, um, him thinking that he has sources to say that the final team on the other side of the bracket will be Chicago State, and he thinks or he's seen the schedules, and that will potentially be our home game, so that will be a pretty good matchup. We know we saw them a little bit last year. They were up and down. Then we know they went down to Murray, played them pretty close. Um, then they came here and we blew them out. So um, that's another home game to potentially watch for our Saluki fans. But um, going on the road or going down to once we get down to Mexico, it will be just a two-game slate. You get James Madison um, in the first matchup. So 
that's an interesting team. I know they start the year at Michigan State, so we'll get to see what they're made of pretty quickly. Um, then we'll play the winner or loser of New Mexico State and Fresno State. The other, the small side of the bracket um, is Morgan State, Northern Colorado, and Radford and Chicago State potentially. That's yet to been confirmed by the actual Cancun challenge, but Rocco has his sources and we trust him. Yeah, we always trust him, and you're right, he did break because they kept saying the TBA, TBD team, and yeah, then he broke Chicago State. We know we hosted them last year and beat them bad. We know just going to that game because we'll dive into it at that time, just remembering that they had a guy in the uh, NBA draft process, can't think of his name, off the top of my head. I think he went back there. He's not in the port or anything, so they got him back and stuff, but like I said, we hosted him last year, beat him. So they'll be interesting. We were hoping that that team, we knew it wasn't going to be of crazy caliber, like even of the Fresno States of the world, uh, to be that last team. But, uh, yeah, Chicago State hosts them. And, yes, before we go, James Madison was the only team out of all these that was relatively competitive last year. I think they finished third in their conference or something. They had a good conference year. Uh, but we know Fresno State has, uh, you know, they've produced NBA talent or NFL and NBA talent. Uh you know, they've kind of been, you know, off and on the last couple of years. And the New Mexico State, as everybody knows from the news cycle last year, they had a big old thing happen with their basketball team that I think they they played their final games in early February and the rest of the, uh, their season, like the last month, got canceled because they had a lot of bad stuff going on within their team. And the fact that they're even able to play in this or play in anything, it's not like they're taking the basketball program away and we'll see what kind of team they, they field. But, no, that's interesting that a team like that would still be, you know, being an okay thing. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to uh, discipline you guys, and you're not even going to be able to be in anything and stuff. They're going to give them, like, the worst of the worst kind of thing. But here they are, and, yeah, they do host Fresno State in terms of being the home team. Yeah, we're the home team against James Madison. 5 o'clock Eastern, Eastern, these games are on CBS Sports Network. We did get the good side of the bracket, as you said, and all the Colorado, Morgan State, Rapper on the other side. And Chicago State, not that sexy overall. No, your overall thoughts on this? And like I said, New Mexico State, it's crazy how they have some players last year that we knew about players in the past. It's crazy how they're even in this. But this is one that we definitely feel like we should come out and win. Yeah, definitely a lot of good opportunities here. Um, I think James Madison will be a very quality first matchup um, once they get down to Mexico and potentially win that side of the bracket. So, um it's not it's not the sexy one like we saw a couple of years ago when we got the Colorado, the Creighton teams like that. Um, we men- you mentioned earlier about this tournament last year had some sexier names. It was Auburn, Northwestern, Liberty, and Bradley on this on our side of the bracket um, with like um, Indiana, Peru, Fort Wayne on the other side, Eastern Michigan. So some bigger teams last year, but I mean. As long as we fill out the rest of our schedule, we're fine. I like this MTE. Um, it's something we can get some wins in and get some more, um, see different teams that we don't get to play all the time. Exactly. And we'll get into it shortly after this of what our schedule now does look like from what we know, what we would like to, to also see. Because there's some that we'll mention that we do know about that are really high caliber on our schedule. We knew that you know, hoping that this MTE was going to be of decent, like you said, like two years ago, last year of the good caliber, really good caliber, where you can beat a team. Like, yeah, this it's crazy thinking that we should have beat Creighton two years ago and then played Colorado State with David Roddy would have got blown out. But uh, we've had a lot of chances in Colorado. Two years ago in the last year, we had chances too. So 
yeah, this is definitely underwhelming compared to those. And uh, I would love to, because like the uh, commissioner of this tournament or whoever runs it, I want like they should be asked why was it so great last year and so bad this year. But it seemed like one that because we've heard teams are in MTEs over the last couple months, and we've always said it's always May whenever we see us in ours, and it's took so long to get to this point. A lot of things have been pushed back this season so far. That's what happens when you push it back so long, you get to, uh, you know, be in ones like this. Because, no, we talked to Brian two uh, open houses ago, two seasons ago, and because you brought it up the other day, he did tell us he would like to always stay in the States, and that's something we haven't done in the last two years. So uh, at least this is one. They're offering fan packages to the Hard Rock Hotel, Riviera, Maya, for this. We know a lot of, I think, the uh, the Miller family, Trey's parents, said that they were going to go. So we know a lot of fans will still be going. It's a perfect uh, vacation spot in November around Thanksgiving to be able to do this. And uh, the fact that, like I said, no, if it was in if it was in Florida, we would have loved to go to it. Uh, but overall, at least it's on CBS Sports Network and it's whatever. But no, let's dive into what we do know for the schedule so far this year with these added Chicago State, then these two games. Hopefully you'd like to go 3-0, obviously. And there's a lot of things that we don't know about the schedule, but no, let's refresh people's memories on the games that we do know about. We narrowed it down to what, like nine or 10 games so far. That's obviously this non-conference. We know we'll have 18 conference games and we'll, it'd be interesting to see which ones we play once of the of two teams, but no, what do we know so far about the schedule? Yeah, obviously, you know, we, we went on the road last year at Oklahoma state um, in a, in a two for one there. So we will, they will make the return trip to Carbondale for us. Um, that'll be your best home game. Also, supposed to have SLU at home last year, but scheduling things did not work out in our favor. Once again, usually um, they are also coming to Carbondale. So those two right there, we know we had a contract with USI, went over there, got embarrassed in their first Division One home game. Um, so they have a brand new team. So it's going to be a little revenge factor there. Um, also at home, you mentioned Chicago State earlier. We mentioned Chicago State earlier. That will be on the schedule. So we we hasn't been official, but we expect a SEMO home game. We were down there last year. Remember um, that tournament team ended up a tournament team had a three pointer at the buzzer yeah. for the beat us, but um, it rimmed in and out. So they should be back on the schedule. Then road wise, we know Brian talked about Power Five, looking for a Power Five game. Um, Hopefully we find a, a, a decent one. We know some – most schools are coming out with their non-conference schedule already, so haven't seen us on there to, to sneak peek it. Um, then I, I'm sure we're going to try, try to find a couple more decent games. Hopefully we can get a, a solid um, – maybe a max school or something like that on the road game, a quality game. Also, just thinking that usually – since we've been in MTEs under Brian, we have a non-Division One home game, so expect that to be on the schedule as well. Yes, and it's just crazy because last year yeah, we had three of those, and that's whenever yeah, you're so heavy in certain spots of the schedule-ish. It was the road games last year, and your home was bad. Now it's the opposite, as we know. Uh, yeah, guaranteed one non-D1, uh, just max it out at that. And it's, it's the teams, because you said earlier, and we'll talk about it more later, but like Missouri State's already completed their non-conference schedule. It's pretty good. It, that's how it is every year for them. They always find a way to have it pretty good. Uh, but it's teams like, because we always narrow down relationships. Who do you know? Who you, how you can get the easy whatever. We're hoping that, and it's probably not going to happen, what that Power 5 road game could be. We're hoping it's the Illini 
at third place. We know uh, they host Valpo and MT and the Illini Challenge and stuff. Uh, hoping we can make it on there just because it makes sense for that one, really just Marcus, but because they're up 57, that's an easy matchup. We would love to see our teams play, but it's the ones like, you know, you need to go play a Green Bay because of Monaghan, Foster, like that connection. You need to go play. I mean, SIUE is always there. They're interesting. They added some okay players. We know they were talented last year. Um, the Loyola's of the world we would love to see. Now that they're obviously out of the Valley, but the connection with Drew and they're kind of in a weird spot themselves, but that's an easy one to do. And we know it all is about scheduling and money and all that stuff, as we know. But scheduling always can be a hassle, even though sometimes it feels like it doesn't have to be. If you can get some of those. So we like to see those kinds of games with everything you said, with the games we know about, like SEMO, yes, we'll host them. And then, yeah, the non-D1. So it's about roughly 10 or 11 games right now. With the added MTE, you can expect by 31 or so regular season total games with uh, obviously, like we said, 18 conference games as well. So definitely wanted to dive into this first. It is an underwhelming thing, but it's at least one we win. You know, because this is average, they need to go make sure that Power 5 road game is really good, and they go and get those other kind of other mid-major good teams that we've talked about too. So they need to make up for it, but it is a good one we expect to win, hopefully. At least we get the other good team out of the way if we can beat them the first game. and then pass. We'll narrow down all these, obviously, closer to time, months from now, about what they look like up to that point. Um, we'll keep an eye out for what the schedule is the rest of the way. So no Yeah, definitely definitely ahead. need to remember that um, scheduling is definitely difficult, but obviously we're waiting on those when and where the two early conference games are we started last year playing. So right. probably definitely going to be – if that doesn't come out till August, we're not going to get our schedule till August most likely. So – um, probably a waiting game until the conference announces those early games and when and where we're at. That's true. Yeah, because weird dates in December when O'Brien's talked before he doesn't really like it. Uh, you know, it was good for us last year. We got to see us at Evansville and stuff to kick off kick off that. It is what it is. You like to have them compacted, but if they're spread out, at least you get to know what – because we were 2-0 to start last year, so it was a good start. Uh, so, we'll, yeah, we'll see where those games are. Like, you're right, they definitely have to move around with that stuff. It's crazy because USI, we know it would have been better to host them last year in the first game. We got blown out. That game mattered for us later on. And then, uh, yeah, we were supposed to host SLU a long time ago. And here we are finally after going to their place last year. So good stuff on that. Now, no, let's talk about the other big news that's happened since we last talked. We know we were looking for that 15th spot to fill. And that we did. It was a guy we had been talking about on that pod. It was a guy that we're definitely excited for. And we'll talk about, you know, what it could mean with him here and what it could mean for other players on the team we had hopes for, but Noah RJ McGee, we were able to ink him. Uh, and he was in the gym right away. They were immediately showing, you know, team highlights and pictures and he was already here ready to go. And you no, know, we knew about that, that visit that he had uh, the dog pound posted a picture on how they got it. And then uh, didn't really know anything else about it until it became official a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no, this is a good one. This is a guy we liked. Interestingly enough, because he had some good games against American teams last year, showed out in the conference tournament, uh, and played on a really talented team last year, fit his role well. We're thinking his role could be bigger here. Clearly, you'll dive into some stats. We already talked about it a little bit. We'll dive into him more, though, here. And then again, his impact with players behind him. And no, R.J. McGee fell in the 15th spot. Yeah, definitely a guy that at 6'5", um, 205, originally from Chicago, 
Um, a guy, like you said, playing in the American, played in 105 games over four seasons at Tulane, um, started in 27 of them, played really pretty pretty well last year, averaged about five points in about 17 minutes per game. Um, he had 16 in the season opener against UMBC, which he ended up visiting them but chose us over them. He was 6-9 and nine for uh, from the field. He had 14 points against Memphis. Then in the AAC tournament, he had 17 against Wichita in their opening game. So um, he's capable of doing it. Um, this is a guy that older player out of high school from Kenwood up in Chicago. He played in an academy down in Pensacola. Um, then he got – then he obviously got the offer from offers from Tulane and some good schools and goes to Tulane. So this is a guy with a lot of – it's going to be a veteran move, getting this kid, where he fits in, does he start, or um, is it like most of his career where he's a pretty solid role player? True, yeah, especially on a Tulane team that had a lot of firepower and he fit as well there, yes. And, yeah, that's, that's the thing, the fit-wise, because he could come in here and we'll just dive into it, that he plays the same position, the same size as Kennard Davis, as A.J. Ferguson. And those are two guys we were pumped for this season, but knowing if they wanted to go get a guy like this, they wanted more veterans at that size. And there should be expectations on him right away because we're just thinking we were counting on Kennard, A.J., and Yvonne Stulich, which we'll dive into more of those guys. Xavier Johnson was on with Harry Schrader and talked a lot about the new guys on the team, but uh, that a lot of those guys will fill certain roles in a way, but just the fact that they're all that size, count on them for defense, count on them for whatever, because there's a lot of good players at that position, notably Tucker DeVries, that you need guys that, because we're obviously, you know, we're going to be heavy on man-to-man. You have to rely on guys one-on-one. We were able to count on Lance do that last year. We're thinking – it's going to be what RJ is going to be here because even though he only averaged, you know, averaged below 10 points for Tulane, we always said, okay, well, you're doing this there. You can average more here, but knowing the role, because he can knock down the three. We saw his tape. He's really good in transition. He shoots the ball well, but he's going to be uh, touted if he does start, which I, I'm going to say he will. We'll dive into or just the fact that we think um, like what a starting lineup could be next to X and Clarence could fill those spots. Um, but the fact that he will have to, we'll have to count him on for defense. We'll have to count on him to, yeah, because we'll have to be a better transition team than we were last year. We weren't very good at it a season ago. But no, just because just I'm saying that, because like he is, he's taken away a little bit of Kennard and AJ, what we expect. Uh, a lot on his shoulders. If we were to say he would start, who do you think would fill the other four spots around him? Because, arguably the other guy we got, you like him a lot. I just said his name could fill the spot at the two. We start pretty big if it were to be like that with X and Clarence. And so who do you think so far? Because I think RJ will start. Who do you think would be our starters if where it stands right now? Definitely think you'll go with obviously X and Clarence will be the two other two. Um, I think Jared Hensley will be that four spot. Um, then, then I think Yovan Stulich or it's going to be probably – him or Trent Brown at that two spot. I think um, Trey Miller, just as a, a scoring and backup point guard off the bench, is going to be very valuable um, as a six-man, potentially still the six-man of the year off that bench. But, um, yeah, definitely think, obviously, if if RJ can doesn't win, I think it could also end up a, a battle for RJ Yvonne for that third spot because Yvonne at his size at 6'5", has some length. Um, can also play that three spot. So definitely going to be some battles. It would be fun to watch if we could sneak into a practice or something. But 
definitely think X. I think Trent probably is going to start being that fifth-year guy, being the veteran because, um, like we've seen a lot from him, he's going to bring the defensively and whatever he brings offensively is extra, but he's just got to be more consistent on that offensive end and do a little bit more um, for him to really be the guy we need him this year. Yeah, and we know – you know, because it's been talked about, we were talking earlier about what we want to mention with March of the Arch podcast saying about, uh, you know, what we could be next year without them really looking at our rosters and stuff, which they need to, they need to do a deeper dive into specific teams, especially whenever one half of them are fans of or alumni of the school. They need to already be diving into that. They had an episode earlier picking us pretty low, and they're trying to, you know, one of the reasons was because, uh, you know, because we're losing Marcus and Lance, and that's a lot of our scoring before they look at our roster. And, and that the only reason why I even mentioned this was to, to segue to the point that if Trent does start, you know, they're going to have to get him a lot of shots or he'll be coming off the bench or coming out of the game quickly, which if you want to have a really good bench, you would have Stulich and Trey. I, I agree. I think this needs to be a season where Trey becomes so vital off the bench with that being a great scorer to where the next year he fully takes over his point guard when X is gone. but he. He plays that kind of – they can play together, obviously. We were thinking he was going to start at first. I love a Trent or Stulich at the, in the starting five with R.J. Jarrett and Clarence and X. Uh, but just knowing that our scoring, because if R.J. has up his scoring, if Trent starts for however many times before you get Stulich and other guys in there, you got to have better scoring. Hopefully X, Jarrett, and Clarence can bring that for us. But a lot of different avenues they can go in the starting lineup, but – knowing how we'll be deep again this year if they want to use all avenues to play a lot of guys. Uh, but the fact that uh, Brian said, quote, I am thrilled to welcome RJ and his family. He has tremendous character and will provide great experience to our team this upcoming season. He is a versatile guard. who can score in multiple ways. He can guard multiple positions. I love his toughness and competitiveness. And unquote. And he talks about all the time about how badly he wants to win a championship next year and how well he fits. That's what we care about, everybody. But uh, I do think he'll bring a little bit more scoring and stuff. 18 minutes there at Tulane this past year. Uh, and I think his scoring will go up. He's a big body dude. He's a thicker guy. So he'll be he'll be pretty active for us. So it's a good final addition to the team. Uh, like I said, we talked about him last time, and it came to fruition because we were still wondering as to who that last spot would be. And there it is. With Arjun. Like I said, they've been posting about him. He's here, ready to go. Uh, and we'll, it'll be a wait and see. Brian talked today about a lot of the guys and saying how like Kennard's working really hard. And I don't think he said age off the top of my head, just talking through all the guys because he, he, he was asked about the guards this time and how everybody's doing, knowing that, again, RJ, AJ, and Kennard are pretty good at that spot. Uh, we'll see how they all transition and the rotation fills with all three potentially over time. We'll see. But great addition to fill out this team for the 15th spot. Uh, looking forward to seeing RJ and seeing him at the uh, open house in July. Uh, now, Noah, let's segue. Let's get into a little bit of recruiting here. But first, I just we noticed because Sheridan Sharp, who is now there, uh, it was a little bit taken a little bit as to why he was there. He showed out in his All Star game in Indiana, got a W, got a lot of either rebounds or assists off the top of my head, but he played really well. That's why he was late to the party. At, uh, for workouts and stuff, Noah, dive into what you remember about that, but also after that, just take it from here in terms of we finally offered somebody. It took way too long to do it. We actually tweeted about it, and then it happened directly after. And then we had a 
had some visits for guys in the future and a lot more interest. A lot has happened in that regard over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been they've been really ramping up the 2024 stuff. Um, but Sheridan, like you said, showed out in his All Star game, um, scoring and being an assist. Um, what he's going to bring to the table here, finally getting him here, be able to see him on some pictures and videos is really good to see. Um, but also we've been 2025 as well, just scrolling through our feed here. 2025 guard EJ Mosley, we've been in contact with him along with Valpo Bradley, Northern Illinois, Eastern Illinois, Western Michigan, and also Marquette, yeah. the bigger school in there as well. Then um, an Illinois Wolves product and Bradley Longcore, um, been, in, been in contact with him, a 2025 guard, but some bigger schools, Notre Dame, Marquette, Iowa State, Colorado State, then there's Belmont, Penn, Green Bay, SEMO, Western Michigan, Appalachian State. Um, so some guys we've been reaching out to also, 2025 guard Phoenix Skill. Obviously, his father is a legend at Illinois. He's They've reached out to him, UIC, Colorado State, Purdue, Loyola, uh, Toledo. So a lot of guys getting the mix in there. Then another one for 2025 is a Mac Irvin guy, Alex Alston, hearing from Illinois, Michigan State, Cal, Valpo, Indiana, Tulsa, Arizona State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Iowa, then there's Bradley, then us. So a lot of big schools there, but we're showing interest there. Then another 2025 here as I scroll. Antonio Munoz, a Whitney Young product, um, had back-to-back 20-point games and the June session there, Illinois, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Princeton, Appalachian State, Northern Illinois, Eastern Illinois, Western Michigan. A lot of guys going in it. Then getting to 2024, we've been really offered a couple guys here. We actually had a guy visit, um, and, and Daquan Brown, haven't offered him yet, but he's a 2024 Simeon guard. Um, really small guard, it looks like. Um, but he was recently playing a day ago in a UIC tournament up in Chicago, um, showing out for his team there. That's a 2024 guy. Hadn't heard anything about him before. Um, I guess it's his coach that was tweeting that he'll make a visit um, back on the 20th of June. That's a guy. Um, just some other 2024 guys. Um, latest offer, finally, Nick made a tweet about it. Finally offered Jack Stanton after he – um, decided to blow up and playing really well this summer um, for uh, breakaway basketball and the Under Armour Rise edition. So he's got a lot of Ivy League schools, Stanford, and it took us till Drake and Bradley to offer him and Valpo for us to say, hey, we probably should offer this guy. Um, probably could have stolen last year when he was making a visit in the summer, then he visited during that Bradley game. If you offer him there, um, you could probably be pretty good and another 2024 guy we offered recently, finding out a little bit more, is Will Moore, a 6'7 guard. Um, pretty, He's been blowing up as well, getting some better mid-major offers. Mercer offered him the other day, Georgia Southern. Also had a had a, reached out from Alabama, Tulane, Kennesaw State. So some other schools looking at that three-star guard and Will Moore. Um, then other 2024 guys, a San Luis for Jaheim Weber, just recent teams that had reached out to him. We weren't on there. Um, he just took a visit to Loyola. Um, then another guy we've been watching for a while, offered a while back, is Angelo Cervino. He's blowing up on the AAU circuit. So getting a lot of 
better mid-major offers as well. So um, got six offers out there for the 2024 class. That's Jack Stanton, Bennett Basich up in Wisconsin, Angelo Wilmore, Jack Daughtery, who we really like, and Jaheim Weber. So starting to look more and more. We know once we got our – we uh, after Monaghan left and we got to finish our coaching staff, they were going to – established 2024 we know maman's been working on it so hopefully we continue i like um looks like a lot of versatility on the wing position a lot of scoring with a little bit of size with bennett basic angelo wilmore jack all about the same type of player and really shoot the basketball and obviously jack stanton's a little smaller but um really like those guys and i don't think i think we've got out of the jaheim weber kind of because um, with so many bigs that are have eligibility with Clarence, even Hensley, but obviously with Cade and Scotty, we're probably out of the Jaheim Weber sweepstakes. You know, all good stuff, and we know because we you told me that about Jaheim, and I remember seeing that earlier that we liked him a lot. He's talented, and he's you know obviously people within the program know him. We were the first to offer him a long time ago, one of the few, and it's like that's when the connections then because it. Because Jack Stanton, it's massive. That 2024 class is huge. And just look, I'm just on Will Moore's thing. And he's, uh, yeah, one of the new ones outside of the other ones we've known about. He has a 42-inch vertical. He has a, a video of him dunking on there. That's insane. Uh, yeah, exactly. If we would have offered if we would have offered Jack at the game or before because of – this is kind of hyperbole, but the fact that I'm sure Jack looks up to Brian big time like, hey, and I'm sure he's been told so many times before, either by Mike or by whoever, saying, um, you know, you could be the next Brian, because they just have all those, you know, same school, same kind of play style and everything. Like, I'm sure he looks up to Brian in a way to where if he would have got that offer early, it would have probably been the one for him. And we talked earlier that, because it was like that with Kennard, and Kennard's so talented that we were lucky to be able to get him in August and then have him play his whole season win a state championship, be the best player on the team, and then he, he's able to stay committed through it all. That if we got Jack early, if he would have definitely – people would definitely would have kept offering him. We see people flip all the time. Could have happened with Jack, but if he would have got that early, he probably would be here. And the fact that we are so, so late to the party, and you said a lot, and it's 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 really true that the, the, when we saw other Valley teams offer him is when we finally did because they probably said, oh, Stanford – in Ivy League schools, it's like, oh, he's a goner kind of thing. It's almost like you, you thought he was too smart. And now that his game's fully catching up to how smart he is, that he's really good. And, hey, he's got another year of uh, another year of high school left. So he's going to go somewhere big. Uh, hopefully he doesn't go anywhere in, in the Valley. But, yes, we could have got him a very long time ago. Some of these other guys that I think it's interesting with Daquan Brown going to – the fact that he's visiting, they like him a lot, but he's going to Simeon who – I believe, and we know that their coach just retired after however many years there. So we didn't even get him, but they had a ton of members on this. We saw them play this year. Saw the Ruben Twins play. Uh, but that's interesting, him going there. He'll probably break out and be bigger. But we know we're set at guard for a while, so that's interesting how they look at it that way. But 2024 overall is a big class, and those 2025 kids are out of reach already. It's interesting how we're in on them. It's good to see. I mean, Phoenix Gill, besides Illinois, I mean, you have Colorado State and stuff. He seems like the most realistic out of just people here, but I see the quote tweeting now of Max Feldman. Yeah, Purdue and Iowa State, as you said earlier. So, okay, yeah, the more you look at it, all these guys are goners with these schools that are in on them, but it's interesting to just stay involved and they're doing it with this. No offers. That's exactly what I was to Jack. Maybe you're just, hopefully you're not too late to the part with a lot of these people, but 
uh, yeah, definitely, because we just, it's crazy. We said 2024, how important it was. We know we would have loved Cole Serta just win the lottery in some ways knowing he was gone, but he was just a part of that 24 class. We love you. You said Jack Daugherty, love him a lot as well. All these guys are going to break out more of their senior year. So we'll see where all of them end up going. Uh, see if we'll end up having any shot for him, but it's not looking likely. That is a very important class, though, without a doubt. Um, so a lot of good stuff on that. Uh, keep an eye out for all of those. Noah, some things to round out the main headlines portion. Because we talked about it last time, we talked about it on football recently, about the potential to replace Mike Reese and who's that going to be. It's not official yet by any means. We're just starting to see more and more things to get. The rumblings going potentially, and uh, we talked a lot about Russ Eisenstein and the potential for him. No, you saw something on Twitter. He was going back and forth or just talking to someone we know on Twitter about the potential of it. Gave us a little bit of, uh, you know, good news or confidence of the potential of it more and more because, Noah, something came out recently that now gives him the full-on chance to get the job if he wants. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, them, he's been – Rumored that been he's been waiting for them just to post it and find out more information, obviously. But like we've said before, but obviously Learfield making it official and posting the job opportunity for people and saying that really just says for basketball and football. So that's interesting. I was talking to a couple of people that say maybe Learfield doesn't make them do baseball, but I think Mike Reese just enjoyed it so much. He did it as well. Right, a lot true. of people say that was his his best his best sport broadcasting. But obviously Russ, um, hopefully considering it. Hopefully he's looked into it and applied potentially. Um, but just going on other names, obviously again, um, like we mentioned on football, if you haven't listened to that, Eric Sean, he's at SEMO, another SIU alum. He's been at SEMO Athletics since 2000. Connor Onion, obviously, with what he's doing with Big Ten Network and ESPN, probably too big for this job right now. He's getting a lot of ESPN, Mac, Big Ten Network stuff. So um, another guy, um, I said a wild card on football with Stone Labonowicz, just another guy you can also throw in the hat if he wants to potentially. is uh, He's the voice of women's basketball at SIU is Trey Reamer. So those are just some names. We hope it's we're, – we're wanting Russ really bad, but – Trey Reamer is really good at women's basketball. Um, and obviously, Connor Onion, what he's doing for ESPN and Big Ten Network, like I said, it's probably almost too good to be true for a guy like that. For sure. And those are all important names. You're right. Like, he's out of the picture. But a lot of other alumni, and, and Connor didn't even go here. He went to a ball state. So it's not even like him tying into the alumni park. And alumni would love to come back. And I just mentioned Russ because I'm trying to go back and find. Uh, and we know – Sam, Captain Donuts, who's a big uh, Saluki fan on Twitter that we know, uh, was just talking. I'm trying to find it here. That right here it is. Russ was talking. He was posting something 22 years ago that Mike gave him old box scores, and he just posting about them. And he said, the, uh, he said, so you're coming back? And he said, hmm, with the thinking emoji. And then there are eye emojis used, and then Russ used the shrug emoji with the microphone. We liked it, and then he followed us back. So that kind of gave us the full-on idea that he could come here, and we – Talked on football and we talked on the last basketball one about the price difference and stuff. But you you brought up something because yeah, we were able to all see the the fact that the job is now available with the qualifications and experience needed. It's like five to ten years of it, but it's also, yes, for specifically football and basketball. And you're right, Mike did baseball on his own. They'll find that and I'm sure they'll do a, a perfect job finding who that is. 
to never, you know, whoever gets this will be able to just do football and basketball. So it'll be perfect. It's it's perfect on the rest. The writing's on the wall. Hopefully, he said those tweets kind of gave us a good feeling that, you know, it could get it closer and closer. And now that it's up, he can apply. People joking of some people that were applying because it's available for anybody. And hopefully, they'll get a, they'll get tons of tons of applications. Hopefully, Russ ends up being the one they decide. So I just had to update that. Not official by any means. Just wanted to mention it again. Uh, hopefully, that comes to fruition. Now, Noah, something we found out literally today. You sent it to me. And it was getting retweeted around that our very own Cash Pet is back with the Windy City Bulls in terms of G League, but he's with the Chicago Bulls and the Summer League team on their roster with guys like JFL, who we talked about last year was on that team. And they have a lot of other good players. Nate Darling, if people remember, played them uh, Brian's first year in the tournament we were at in Florida from Delaware. Uh, there's guys like Amana Sonogo from UConn that fill out this team, but it's awesome seeing Cash on here. Because we know last year he was he started a lot of games and then some games he was a coach's decision didn't play we didn't know honestly where he was going to end up but it's awesome seeing that he's on this team and he's that he'll be able to fight and obviously if he, if he if it's great because we've seen you know free agencies in the NBA and they're signing a lot of guards and that leads to like roster spots and Cash probably won't make the team unless he drops twenty a game in the summer league but he'll be back on the G League team though it's awesome to see because like that off and on playing time last year. But it's good to see the more SIU players on similar rosters we can get out. We don't know about Kevion Pippen or anything, but we also saw some other Valley players that also made rosters. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for Cash. Hopefully he can get out there and show out back to where his college career started out in Las Vegas. Uh, but another Missouri Valley player that we see, obviously Ben Shepard's going to be playing with the Pacers. But another one um, that you guys saw last year playing for the Charlotte Hornets, Cam Henry, I did see he was getting a lot of workouts pre-draft, so that's really good for him. So that means he's probably going to stick and find a G League home. Hopefully, definitely be pretty pretty interesting to follow him. Um, some other other Valley, I haven't seen any other guys. Obviously, probably probably expect AJ Green to be with the Bucks G League team. We saw Seneca um, Knight was getting a lot of workouts. Yeah, he was getting workouts. Have not seen anything where he's landed yet for obviously a lot of summer leagues um but interesting to follow hopefully some other guys um i expect kv i would expect maybe kv on to take a look um no he's been he was in mexico i think last year but interesting to follow for sure it's it's a good to see cash stick on and like i said unless you drop a 20 he's gonna be back with the windy city bulls and that's a great sign he's always just one call away as we've always said so awesome to see from cash it's good to see uh Oh boy, I'm already forgetting his name. You already it's Cam Henry. That's on teams as well. And yeah, we had this on here. We'll say it again. As you said, Ben Shepard. Yes, it's incredible. Drafted 26 overall by the Pacers is amazing. And we know seeing him this year, the talk coming into the season, he was every bit of great. At one point, he arguably could have been the player of the year. Tucker made a late surge. There's a lot of people that were up to that. And Ben was right there behind him. Um, I want to say, I want to say we saw the voting. And I don't know if Ben was in the top three, actually, off the top of my head now, but. Uh, incredible player. It's crazy. He had great workouts, did a lot of great things, and he stays in the Midwest and goes to the Pacers, which is really cool. He visited Belmont recently to see the, the the team with the new players and stuff and just stop by, so it was really cool. It's incredible seeing him. First round, SLU will never have that player. In fact, the Belmont rattles off first-round picks or draft picks is awesome. And you know Their market, where they're at, how awesome of a school they are. Obviously, they have a great coach and a smart school in, in the city of Nashville. They get a lot of 
uh, whatever, but they groom guys to be able to get to this point. So shout out to Dan. That's really cool. We'll follow his NBA career as well over time. You know, before we get to other stuff that happened to some other things that leads us to some things at the very end, let's talk about but really quickly because obviously the portal is done for us this year. Just seeing how other people on our thread found new homes. I actually didn't, didn't make a tweet about it because it's still past the fact, but Daniel Nixon, who we knew we were in on from George Washington a while back, going to Tallahassee Community College, going that route. He was injured last year, found his way to community college. That's the only one there. Now, no, let's get around the Valley. We kind of sneak peeked in a little bit on the last one about Missouri State, what their non-con schedule is. You can just bring it up as we can give an example of what a really good non-con schedule is supposed to look like. They've done a good job of that every every year. And then also notice some other Valley teams have gotten really good road games on top of their non-cons. Uh, and then we'll dive into some other stuff around there. But Noah, who, where, are all those, where are all those teams going and what's Missouri State's non-con? Yeah, Missouri State, um, they finalized their non-con and posted about it today. Um, it's a really good non-con. They had a really good one last year that challenged them, and they just struggled really early. Um, it's not any, not really any easier this year. They go on the road. Obviously, this team uh, recently what's, what, what has been in the news with new transfers getting out of there. They hired an interim coach, and they start on the road at West Virginia. So, um, that's potentially a winnable game now for them if they if their coach can't get those players to return. Then they host Oral Roberts. Then they go down in the, the U.S. Virgin Islands Paradise Jam. Then they host South Carolina State. Then they the start of December, they go on the road at Middle Tennessee State, who was really good last year. They host Sam Houston, who was good last year. They're at Tulsa. They host Lindenwood. Then they're at St. Mary's um, on the 22nd. So, Obviously, they'll have two Valley games in between South Carolina State and Middle Tennessee, but um, that's a really good non-con. Um, I forget off the top of my head who is uh, in the Paradise Jam with them, um, but I can get your thoughts on that and I can find out. Yeah, I want to say, when you bring that up, I want to say it's not that great of team that's kind of on the caliber of us. I don't think it's anything crazy, but the fact that they have – well, St. Mary's is a – they're a power six, but they're obviously an incredible team. They get two of those at Tulsa. We know we we were there a couple of years ago. They have a, should have great chances to win that game, and they're getting Sam Houston again. I guess they had a home and home because they played them last year. They were good, as you said. They kind of yeah. Dana said a lot about how last last year's schedule. Charles, you know, Oral Roberts is way different this year. They lost Max Aismas and that seven foot three kid, uh, but. Uh, yeah, besides Lindenwood, uh, South Carolina State, I'm thinking somebody went there. Maybe I'm thinking of Darius or Shaquille Leonard from the Colts went there in football or something. I don't know. They had a really good player go there, but do you have it? Yes, I do. Uh, their opening matchup will be against Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah. Um, the other matchups in the first round, Norfolk State versus Fordham, Abilene Christian, San Jose State's a good matchup, and Hampton and Kent State. So expecting to beat FGCU and get Kent State in that second round. Chris so Payton. that's a – that's a, a decent tournament. It's not as good. And like we said, we talked about earlier how good it was when we went down there. But um, that's a winnable tournament for them as well. Yeah, we've talked a lot about what teams have added. And we'll dive into it later on. But just the fact that people still aren't giving Dana and Missouri State respect. I feel like we were talking earlier, me and you are the only ones that really do. His ability to recruit and make the most out of, you know, sometimes, sure, if you're not winning, it's, it's something when you have this many big players. But. We're liking them a lot next year, just on that picture of non-conference. I mean, four great players. Uh, Damian Mayo, obviously Don, Austin Mason, and uh, 
Oh, I don't blanking on his name from uh, six man or six man team last year. Oh, what's his name? I'm trying uh, to find the picture. He's just on the left there. It's just funny. Uh, I can't think Moore. of his name. Yeah, uh, Chance Moore. Chance Moore. Four great players, and we know they've added a lot of good players as well. Carper back, we talked about the whole thing. They should get respect this year. They should be picked in the, in the, near the top, and we'll have we'll have our own predictions over time of. Because we had a way too early a long time ago. We'll have that more time to go. Uh, know some other things here, just because we've seen them, and you can uh, talk about them after I just mention them. Indiana State, we know we played well, we played Alabama as an exhibition last year. They're actually playing them to count for the wins and losses going to Tuscaloosa November 10th. Uh, Bradley is hosting Utah State, which is a really good home game for them on November 11th, and Belmont going to Arizona, which they just got – Caleb Love and obviously great coach there and a really good team the last couple of years. November 17th, Noah, those games are awesome for some of these schools. And we know Alabama was the number one overall seed last year, but uh, they're looking way different this year. Indiana State, we know they'll be great next year. Uh, Going to give themselves a chance. We know we almost beat them in an exhibition, and there were a lot of – that was, what, in a smaller gym, and uh, students were there and stuff. I think Indiana State has a decent chance, but that'll be tough. You know, those other ones are awesome as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Belmont going to Arizona is going to be really tough. Um, Bradley at Utah State, um, they just went through another coaching change so um, and lost a lot of talent to um, either the portal or they went to the NBA. Um, so going to be interesting. Obviously, Indiana State, Tuscaloosa is the big one. Hopefully some other teams um, in the past. We know Valpo, like you mentioned earlier, is in the MTE at Illinois. Hopefully they get a shot at that. Um, Hopefully other teams have some pretty good non-cons because um, obviously we know you and I is in that really loaded MTE that they probably won't win a game in. But if they do, credit to them. But we know the Valley struggles, struggles in non-conference, and it shows it does not look good for the conference as a, overall. So hopefully we can either play these games really tired or steal one. some of these Power 5 matchups, obviously – we have the biggest chance since we have one at home. Yeah, we talked last year. Because, yeah, our Oklahoma State one was the best outside of you talk. Uh, Murray beating uh, A&M, and those are probably the two best. And you're right, struggle mightily. So they need to – not saying they're going to win. I mean, Bradley hosting Utah State, great chance to win that one. The other ones definitely will be hard. And we're hoping ours is – I mean, Arizona and Alabama are about as big as it gets. Hopefully we can get one up there as well. Wait and see. Hopefully, we can fit into that. No, I did notice, but I don't think it because we know Dalton Banks is now with the Redbirds. Notice he had surgery, and I'm just because I had it on here. I don't have the account. He posted on his Instagram and his Twitter, but what kind of surgery it was that begins to beg. Because I want to say we found out after the year or throughout the year last year of Dalton dealing with an injury, whether Brian mentioned it or something. And we always knew Dalton kind of played the same way. You couldn't really tell if he was hurt. You just always knew if he was a little bit not aggressive because you know he can score whenever he wants. And that'll be something we'll look out for this year. We're hoping we have really good defensive guards again to manage that when he comes into games for them. You know, I just noticed he had surgery, but I think he was out shooting with him the next day. So I don't know how long that lasted. Just had it on here as notable. Um, and then I just had it on here. Those other things. Anything else you know around the valley? I noticed Drake added a late 2023 forward I had on here. There's probably some other things. What else do you have to iron this out? Yeah, obviously, uh, Eliza Price is the, is the guy you're talking about for Drake. Uh, a lot of teams ramping up 2024 just like that. We know Valpo 
has almost, I think, basically filled filled the roster, and they've been making trips. They were uh, Roger Powell's been on a lot of podcasts. We know Dana Ford was on the Field of sixty eight podcast, um, but it's it's young and unexperienced. But Valpo's Roger Powell has got a pretty athletic roster. It's going to be interesting to watch them last year or next year. So. Excited for him. He's been they've been I think they went to a Cub game the other day throughout the first pitch. So Valpo's been doing a lot of stuff since Roger Roger got there. And I seen today where the athletics has approved uh, some funding for some upgrades for facilities and that's big time. I mean that's what that's all Matt Lodich needed. He needs some facility upgrades to keep some of those better players there because obviously you can go through the whole list of JFL, Donovan Clay, Cricky. Uh, it's been there and and he wasn't a bad coach so um i guess it took a guy to get a guy like roger powell in 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 the building to get some extra funding and i guess their valpo fans are pretty excited so that's gonna be interesting to see what they do with that facility i've never been up to valpo but always heard it everybody calls it the high school gym of of division one basketball yeah we've been in a lot of high school gyms that look better than that on tv it kind of has that bad look on TV and said, you're right, though, the Roger effect. You get a good guy like that, associate head coach at Gonzaga, and a guy who's been there before you know him, he's, it's it's worth doing all that for. We talked last time Matt Lodick was on Missouri staff now with uh, Dennis Gates, which is cool. And I'm just looking because I'm scrolling. Yeah, Dana Ford was on that interview with um, with Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman and two, those two other coaches. I don't know why I'm awful with names when I get on here. Uh, Scott Drew and then uh, Wes, Wes Miller. So it was like a little four-man thing they got. So that's a big deal being on with those guys. So, um, yeah, a lot going on in the league. We see guys, you, we, you said earlier, the Valley teams and other like OBC teams that are you know, offering guys we're in on for next year. A lot of 2024 guys, um, Indiana State's having guys on campus and everyone posting workout videos. And they did say Roman Penn signed with Hubo Lindbergh United in the first Belgian basketball league. So that's cool. Just stuff like that. that We'll always continue to say around the league uh, that happens. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, Roger Powell is making the rounds, and he was on March to the Arch as well. So all of that, Noah, quickly around this out. Daryl Brown noticed great Bradley Brave, as we know. He's probably playing a little bit professionally. Saw that he's the new uh, director of player development for Bradley. They posted a, a picture recently about former alumni that showed up, some guys from that uh, tournament team they made years ago. That was cool, and then Noah, just because we ran on him, and he's on this part of the script, but Jordan Mitchell, in on him a lot from JUCO the last couple of years. He visited and took a picture with the uh, jersey on with the coaches. He officially is going elsewhere, Southern University, which is a decent mid-major program, so good on him. He's officially off the radar now. So I did have a final topic on here, and it just segues because I mentioned earlier X had an interview with Harry Schrader. Talked about a lot of stuff he X has been doing, but also talked about stuff from the new team. And I think it's important, unless people people definitely listen to it because we retweeted it, but some stuff that stuck out when he went through every player that was new on the team. And all this, the final topic on here is the potential of the team. Now that we know for the 15 guys, and I think because we mentioned Marshall the Arch, before they really look at it, they're going to have a slow, sure, no Marcus, no Lance, it makes sense. But and we'll talk about this more just as time goes on. But it seems like a season where you don't have the the weight on those guys' shoulders, the volume that they create, good and bad, because they made mistakes. Don't don't get anything wrong. 
and we know they did, but it's knowing that we mentioned, you know, who's going to be the star on this year's team. Not having star power can actually be a decent thing if you have a deeper team with talented guys. You mentioned before Brian said this is the most talented team he's had, which is crazy, but I think it shows kind of what they're showing in practice, and it is just practice. So, no, X was going through, and even Brian did, specific guys on the team and what they do individually. I know overall, positionless basketball, I think this team can play, the potential of what this team is now. What are your thoughts on how the team looks now overall? And if we can shock some people this year, people that think that honestly we'll have no chance with the whole with, People think we have like 10 new players, but it's really just five, as we know, or six. Uh, what do you think of the team so far and the potential? Yeah, definitely a team that obviously with returning guys, with X and Clarence returning, um, we know what they can do. We know X can, if he needs to, he can score the basketball when he wants, and he showed that in games uh, at Missouri State. Then he closed; he basically closed them out in the Missouri or in the Arch Madness tournament. So um, then you got a guys with a bunch of potential and untapped potential, and guys who, whether it's Jarrett who had an injury here or there, or just didn't get the the playing time he needed. Um, Yovan obviously with the in, injury last year with him, he only played four games, but he was really good for Little Rock when his true freshman year than his sophomore year. Um, Trey Miller scoring 10 points a game as a true freshman. Um, I don't care if it's adding Carter Ward or where it's at. If it's a Division One basketball and you're a true freshman coming in and scoring 10 points a game, that's pretty impressive. So a lot of unknowns, obviously. We haven't, we haven't been able to see this team or anything get together, but obviously Brian says they're competing every day. So guys, obviously Trent coming back, that veteran leader, and Troy – taking the next step. Does AJ, obviously we've seen videos of him. He's he's more and more ripped and being in the weight room and getting better. Um, then other guys, Scotty, he looks, to me, he looks slimmer. Obviously, you know, he's been a bigger guy, but he looks slimmer in the picture they posted the other day. Um, Cade taking the next step. He's been in a lot of pictures as well. Then you had the two freshmen coming in and Sheridan and Kennard, which we know those two's talent and what they can bring for the future. But can they find a little thing or two they can do to help this team this year. Uh, then obviously the guy we talked about earlier in RJ, um, he can help this team as well. So a lot of untapped potential, a lot of unknowns. We You talked about the having us pick 10th in the, in the Valley podcast um, that a lot of people listen to without even looking at the team or considering what they brought in. So um, obviously if they de- deep dive, they'll see that there's more potential and obviously – all they could have said was, hey, we we don't we haven't seen this team very much or there's a lot of untapped potential. Um, we don't expect them to finish 10th, but I, you still wouldn't pick them 10th either way. So I think those obviously way far in advance here at the end of June, I think will be picked middle of the pack. But this team has the potential to compete for that two or three spot, I think. Um, obviously, there's always going to be that one team that takes the top ropes and this team's going to be fun to watch. Obviously, it sucks losing your two guys that we've had for four years in land, but seeing new faces, it kind of gets you more excited than just going over there if we would have just had a, a run-it-back mentality. Exactly, and it makes it exciting with because we haven't seen this because Marcus was best player from the jump and Lance broke out, so you just knew those were your foundational pieces. And it's interesting and it's fun seeing how it can be without it. And – it's like, I mean, it's fun to do lists and people do lists. And it's like, well, if you don't know everything just yet, because it's easy to say, because we agree, like teams like Northern Iowa are at the top just because they have a lot of returnees. And we've said that's kind of how they're going to pick the league is because of guys who return 
guys who, you know, that's why we think like teams in Missouri State who are filling a lot of new pieces but still have their foundational guys. And that's why we would pick third, foundational pieces. And a lot of teams had – so it's understandable to look at it in that way. Uh, but I agree. I, just because X on Harry's thing was talking about specifics of people he, he was talking – I think the one that sticks out to me most is Jarrett because they, Brian talked about it and X talked about it, his versatility, how long he is, that they're saying he's unbelievable near the rim. He can, he can stretch the floor. I know all we've heard is Stulich can shoot the lights out, which is very important. And adding these guys because they'd love to give guys chances off injury. Yeah, Jarrett dealt with it before, off and on, just didn't get the playing time. And then, Stewart's this year, Jawan last year. They got to give these guys a chance, and Jawan clearly wasn't the same. You hope that these guys clearly can, you know, be, you know, similar to what they were deemed, and we know how touted like Jarrett was coming out of high school and stuff. You hope that that can get here, but I do think we mentioned the versatility a lot, positionless. I think that's what this team's going to be, and the whole thing with players is opportunity because we know. Obviously, the rotations have been some of the biggest gripes over the years, and it's rightfully so because there's guys that should be playing, guys that shouldn't, vice versa. Definitely ones that should. So we, we mentioned Scotty's looking uh, trim. Cade is going to take the next step. Because we, we talked to Ronnie Watson saying Cade's got NBA talent. He literally said that. And then um, whether – I don't know who else it was recently on certain things, just talking about Cade being an awesome talent. Well, we better see him on the floor then because it's no one – we have Jared and Troy being our fours, and then Clarence and Scotty are going to play most of the five. Kate's got to play a lot, and it's just even as a sophomore, you burn it. It's like, well, he's only got three years left. You better make him count. So it's like knowing that these guys just need to get out there and play, get the opportunity to play. Like, I really think Kennard can help us defensively for sure and his size, but, you know, he's going to gradually, you know, have an offensive game in college over time. AJ, we need to unleash him. So, that's, so it's like guys are still taking some guys' spots. But, you know, just got to – because we're as deep as we've ever been now, it seems like. Just with a brand-new team. And Brian did the emphasis on defense, and X even said the defense and said that Brian was, you know, going all out when he was uh, doing some workouts himself with the team and practice and stuff. So very interesting season ahead. We'll talk about it more as time goes on. That's just the early potential. Hopefully we'll have some mailbags. We have some topics we'll discuss on later episodes on certain things of who even could be the best projected players on this team. And obviously we'll get around the Valley of 10, maybe like some predicted best players in the Valley, like some fun things like that we'll have over time. Cause now we have a full roster. Now it's, I guess we won't have anything clear until next month. Cause next month hits, hits tomorrow uh, around. Cause we will, cause we didn't go to the open house last year. We'll try to definitely go to this year, get some tidbits out of that. It's probably the next time we'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks, talking about that right before knowing I hit vacation. Uh, but that's probably when we'll come to you guys next. Like the topics down the road, we just wanted to come to you guys now. Update, because a lot of important things have happened since then. It's important. Uh, so, Noah, your final thoughts on, obviously, like things we've covered, a look ahead, things. It's going to be a fun summer of seeing more and more things, and we'll be seeing all these guys in person next month sometime. Yeah, definitely exciting time. Hopefully, by then, we have a uh, potential new radio guy for, for this basketball program and maybe he can be there and introduce himself and talk to all the fans and maybe we're eventually starting a couple more obviously for football as well um some nick hill and brian mullins interviews obviously we've been getting the two minute videos here after practice every week or so so obviously that helps a lot um i appreciate the 
the, the Twitter account doing that stuff, just hearing two minutes from Brian every week about practice and how things are going are pretty, pretty positive for us and hearing the positive things about how they're going to work and learning every day. And he said, that's what's, that's what he said today. He said a lot of learning and a lot of teaching has been done. So it's good to hear that full thing and full swings are going. It's, it's already July here. So basketball season is going to be here before we know it. Obviously football, we know how quick that's going to get here. Yeah, we love football, but we love basketball way more. And it's exciting because this new this new team will get us excited definitely for next season. You're right. Hopefully, I think it's Russ Eisenstein or Bust. That's how I would love to, to view it. But uh, we'll see how that definitely shakes out. And um, you're right, more and more we'll get uh, some things. Because someone's got to MC that, because Mike has always MC that uh, open house thing. So we'll see who does that, the typical stuff. Like I said, we'll talk to you guys around that. Probably just afterwards, I'll be there. So, like I said, two weeks or two weeks from now, unless there's absolutely anything breaking, that'll be the next time we come to you guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to always be in our DMs again for more mailbags for us to talk about. Feel free always uh, give us a follow and always give a listen. I think we're we're only on Spotify. We've always said we used to be on other things, but uh, I'm just doing the, the the cliche of where you can find us and everything. So. Stay tuned to all other content. Follow our Twitter, retweeting things all the time. Looking forward to the summer ahead. See you guys in two weeks. For Nick Malone. No alerts. Until that two weeks. Go dogs.